Welcome to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, Certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. I'm here to deliver you weekly episodes where you will hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about functional medicine and all things holistic health. My goal is to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. Today, I have Amira Morales with me, and today we are going to talk about all things Ayurveda and share tons of nutrition tips and lifestyle practices that you can apply to your life to improve your skin health, your digestion, and your overall well-being. Amira was busy climbing the corporate ladder for 10 years until she hit the lowest point with her health. And after seeing endless specialists who only wanted to prescribe medications and never got to the root of her symptoms, she followed her intuition, which led her to India, where she discovered Ayurveda. She was finally able to find a healing modality that allowed her to get to the root cause of her health issues, and this was the beginning of her health journey. Because of her firsthand experience with Ayurveda and realizing the power of this ancient medicine, Amira went on to study Ayurveda. Amira now understands that her dharma, or her soul's mission, is to help women holistically optimize their health so that they can glow from the inside out. Welcome to the show, Amira. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and connect with you. Me too. I'm I'm really excited because as I was just telling you offline, we haven't done a show about Ayurveda yet. So I think this will be very exciting for a lot of the listeners out there. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about, let's starting with your story, take us back to when your health uh, was you were having these health challenges when you were working in your corporate career and what was the experience like for you? What was actually going on and, uh, what was it like when you were searching for answers? Yeah. So I guess for me, um, I was like so busy, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, mm-hmm. um, and my body just ended up. So I didn't listen to the whispers of the universe, I guess, you know, they came in a little, um, tap, a little pinch. And then the last one was like, it sent me to hospital, you know? Um, and I think there's no bigger wake up call than, you know, staring at the ceiling of the hospital room and realizing that, um, you know, I had taken my health for granted. And I guess that's what the corporate world does to, you know, just keep gets you to keep pushing and pushing through. Um, and when you look around, everybody else is kind of in the similar boat, you know? Um, and then after I was actually released, I went from specialist to specialist trying to get to the root cause or really find out like why all these things were kind of happening. No? Um, and this is when I became increasingly frustrated because the only solution seemed to be prescription medication. No? So when my blood work came back, it came back as normal. They said it's maybe genetics, um, maybe it's just your age, um, and there's nothing really that we can do about it and go and see this other specialist. So I felt like I was kind of like bouncing around. And, you know, a part of me thought like, maybe this is the card that I've been handed in this lifetime. But then the other part of me, the intuitive part, and I didn't know anything about spirituality or anything at that time, I thought, there's got to be like something else. There's got to be another solution out there. No? Um, and I think this is like a really important part of my life because I started to question absolutely everything. No? I had entered a relationship. I hated my job. Um, health was declining and Sydney just no longer felt um, like home. So 
kind of packed up my bags, bought a one-way ticket to, to India and ended up getting sick in India. And through fortunate events, I ended up at an Ayurvedic clinic. Um, and that was kind of like the beginning of the end. So yeah, that's kind of where the journey began for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me of my story a little bit. I also was going to so many doctors and specialists until I also wound up in the hospital and wow. yeah. And they did an exploratory heart surgery on me. That was absolutely unnecessary because there wasn't anything wrong with my heart. I was having heart palpitations because of thyroid mm-hmm. issues that got missed for years. And you know, the mm-hmm. thyroid controls so many things, our metabolism, our heart rate, et cetera. And you know, they went to these extreme measures when it was this, this one simple thing that they, they could have looked at quite a, a long time ago. So I definitely can resonate with you there. Um, and really quick, what were some of the signs, some of those whispers that you were experiencing? Yeah. So I had like the main one that started off as digestive issues. So every time I ate, like, I just felt really like discomfort. I wasn't sleeping well. My hair was like just falling out. Like I couldn't even run my hands through my hair. No. Mm -hmm. And the doctor was just like, yeah, it's kind of normal. You probably just need more protein. And I was like, this, this is not normal. Like Mm -hmm. I can't be running my hands through my hair and all this coming out. No. Um, I lost quite a lot of weight um, and I came down to about 40 kilos. I don't know how it is in your metric system, but that's very, very low. No? And the doctors didn't pick up that at that time that I had also candida. So that was another thing. No? And um, they just told me like, you need to just eat more, like have fats. Even one doctor told me like, cause it was winter in Sydney at that time. He said, just put some ice cream in the microwave and just drink that. So I was like, okay, you know, if you're the doctor, you know, you've gone to university for 25 years or whatever it is, you know better than I do. And that's when I realized, you know, I was outsourced. Now looking back, I was definitely outsourcing my health to to other people, no? Um, So yeah, indigestion was the main one. And I kept telling them like, is it my diet? They were like, no, like your diet seems good. Uh, But now that I'm in the world of Ayurveda, I realized that I was actually eating um, incorrectly for my body type, no? They just Mm -hmm. give out of what everybody should be eating under the Australian Heart Foundation rules that just ticking boxes no so yeah it's been it's been quite a quite a journey mm-hmm. 88 pounds for us listeners who don't know uh the conversion that's that's quite yeah that's quite light before we get into all of your amazing tips about ayurvedic medicine when you got to india i'm so curious what what, it, what was that initial start into that journey like for you when you started to try things? Like, how did you find uh, the Ayurvedic place that you went to? And what were some things that really started working right away? Yeah, so my initial goal for India was really to do my yoga teacher training because I had this kind of huge desire to be a yoga teacher. Um, so I went to do my yoga teacher training and that was amazing. Now, I was feeling good because I was kind of learning about yoga. I was eating quite healthy. I was hydrated. You know, when people are taking care of you, it's really easy to feel good, no? So mm-hmm. then I came out of the yoga teacher training and um, yeah, just suddenly started not feeling great at all. And then I had heard about Ayurveda in my yoga teacher training, but a very brief overview, you know? And it didn't really resonate with me. I, I It wasn't like, wow, that's amazing. I need to know more about it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was in a hotel and the receptionist said to me, look, there's an Ayurveda doctor down the road. Maybe he can help, you know? 
So as soon as I went to his clinic, it just seemed a little woo-woo for me. Like the questions that he was asking me were like, what are your dreams like? What foods do you crave? So things that just didn't make sense. I was just saying, look, I have really like my, I'm bloated all the time. I have gas. I, you know, I'm not having regular bowel movements. And he was like, just, just looking at me, he did a, you know, pulse analysis. He looked at my tongue. He kept asking more questions and he said, you know, you have a severe vata imbalance. And he started putting all these pieces of the puzzle together for me. And he was, and I was like, wow, I finally get it, you know? So mm. he, he delivered it to me in a way that I was like, that that's it. That's the root cause of so everything that you're mentioning, you know, the lightness of the weight, the indigestion, the insomnia, the racing mm. thoughts. He was like, I need to know more. No? So then he said, maybe you, what would be good for you is if you went into a, a detox program, no? um, like a 21 day, what they call a panchakarma. So you just go in, they take your phone away and you're just kind of, um, you know, following, um, you know, the, the herbal supplements that he's doing. You're doing some herbal enemas, you're relaxing. And for the person who had just come from the corporate world, it was um, really challenging to be still no, because the mind in the West is like monkey mind is racing thoughts. And one day he said to me, you're just going to stare out this window for, you know, two, three hours. And I was like, that doesn't <laughs> like something that I really want to do. And he's like, yes, the thing is that you're not looking at the bigger picture. No, There's bugs, there's insects, there's, you know, fruits and there's everything, but you're so up in your mind that no wonder you have all these health issues as well. No? That's the first time that I realized that the mind and the body were actually connected. Wow. For people who don't know, can you break down what Ayurveda is? Yeah. So Ayurveda, I would say, is one of the most sophisticated um, health systems in the world, and it dates back to ancient India. So we're talking about 5,000 years ago, and it's actually the sister science of yoga. So if you practice yoga, I maybe Ayurveda may come into your realm of, you know, um, thinking soon um, and it works on the elements so there we have the five elements that we work with so which is air ether um, fire water and earth and then they come down to make the three doshas which is vata pitta and kapha and so the essentially the essence of ayurveda is to kind of get in tune with nature and move with the rhythms of nature no so the circadian rhythms it's about eating correct with your body type um, and it's also about self-care there's a lot of self-care in ayurveda as well can you explain a little bit more about what the doshas are and some key features of each one because i heard you earlier you said you originally had a, a vata imbalance which is one of the doshas yeah, 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 yeah. So vata is the air element. So let's just call it the wind, just to make it super simple. No? And when we are in balance, we are very creative, we're visionaries, we love to think outside the box. So we kind of, um, and we're light in the body, but in a good way as well. No? So when that dosha is out of balance, it can come across as insomnia, racing thoughts, lightness in the weight, um, gas, bloating, so too much air in the body. No, um, so the way that we like to work with people who, who have a dominant vata dosha is to ground. So literally, foods grown under the ground. So we're talking beetroots, carrots, parsnips, anything like that is going to be really grounding. No, and also with people who have um, a vata imbalance, we'd love to use warm, nourishing foods. There, out of the three doshas, vata is the one that has the weakest digestion. No. 
So we love to create routine for them because if you leave a vata on her own, you know, she's just off doing things and then she realizes, oh, I haven't had lunch and it's 3 p.m. No? So structure is really, really important for, for the vata dosha. It's actually really important for all the three doshas, but in particular with vata. Mm -hmm. um, and also having a sleep routine because of the monkey mind is going crazy. You know, sometimes it comes across as insomnia as well. So sleeping is, is really vital for the vata dosha. And then the next one is pitta. So pitta is characterized by fire and water, but just to make it super simple, it's let's just call it the fire energy. Um, and the, with this particular dosha, they're generally like when they're in balance, they're good leaders, they communicate well, they set out goals. But when they're out of balance, it's too much um, hotness in the body so too much fire so this can come across as um, anger frustration no inflammation so anything that ends with an itis is related to inflammation as you know no so the idea for this particular dosha is to cool them down so cooling foods green leafy veggies coconut oil cooling practices so swimming but obviously not in the midday heat no so it's about cooling the body down and then the last one is the kapha dosha which is um, earth and water but to make it super simple let's just call it the earth energy um, and this is people who have like, like, I like to call them the grandmother energy, you know, mm -hmm. you, they give you the 10 minute hugs and they really want to listen to you. They're very grounded. Usually people like in the spiritual world are very, very kafa in nature now. Um, but the other side of them is that they come across as um, stagnant energy, no? So they can Netflix and chill all day if, you know, so they need a little bit more oomph. Um, this particular dosha is prone to a little bit of depression now because they're so giving to other people that they forget to look after themselves. Um, so for the kapha dosha, what is recommended is invigoration. So, um, you know, invigorating spices like ginger, turmeric, um, tofu, green leafy vegetables is also really great for them as well. So, yeah, so more movement because, yeah, they're quite stagnant otherwise. But we all have the three doshas just in varying amount. Okay. Can you, what, can you look at someone and kind of tell what their dosha would be? Yeah, definitely. I can have a look at the, uh, people and say, like, look at their skin, look at their body structure, because vatas are pretty much straight up and down. Um, pitters are generally like quite muscly, so they can go to the gym, do a 40 minute workout and they can see the benefits, whereas a vata dosha may go to the gym for five hours and nothing. And the mm -hmm. kapha dosha generally more rounded no so yeah there's definitely body types you can look at the face structure skin type um, to get certain character characteristics okay um you just mentioned skin and I know you're mm -hmm. really into skin health and also you have amazing skin it's like beautiful and clear and glowing <laughs> so tell us how can you use Ayurvedic principles to you know, whether that's uh, nutrition, lifestyle, et cetera, to achieve glowing skin. Yeah, it's super interesting now because in Ayurveda, um, the ultimate kind of measure of bodily um, health and well-being is actually the skin no? because it looks at the skin as the window to what's happening to the rest of the body. And it can actually reveal a lot of what's going on deeper inside now. So the problems that kind of appear on the surface uh, of the skin are usually caused by deeper imbalances, no? Um, so 
the skin is actually the organ of protection. So it's the physical barrier between your body and kind of the outside world. And it keeps you safe from harmful radiation and microorganisms and all of that kind of stuff. So before treating skin disorders topically, Ayurveda wants to get to the root cause. So addressing the root cause is actually more effective because it resolves the skin disorders at its source. No? So I get a lot of my clients who say, yeah, I've gone to the doctor and they've just given me antibiotics. No? Mm. Or I've gone to, um, I don't know, to get a facial and they've just given me something topical. No? So it's really, really good to, to find out why these things happen. No? Because once the root cause is addressed, then you know the topical treatments are also useful. So when they work in conjunction with each other, you know, it, it's a beautiful union. You know? So, yeah, so there's there's three things that we look at when we look at a skin health from an Ayurvedic point of view. So that's the diet is the main one. So that's the main factor of skin disorders. So a diet that is kind of filled with sugars, highly processed foods containing like chemicals and preservatives can lead to skin issues, as you know. No? So, um, yeah, eating foods that are kind of um, that you're allergic to also cause I want to interrupt today's episode and ask you, are you aware of the chemicals that you apply to your skin daily? On average, our skin absorbs nearly 200 different chemicals from common products like makeup, lotions, and shampoo, which can disrupt our hormones and negatively impact our health in many ways. That's why I recommend Beauty Counter, which is a brand that pledges to exclude over 2,800 harmful substances from their products. I trust their clean makeup and self-care products because they're not only safe, but super effective. And I've tried dozens of different non-toxic brands when I started my autoimmune healing journey, and this is still my favorite hands down. Check out Beauty Counter through the link in the show notes. Shopping with this link directly supports this podcast and helps me continue sharing vital health insights with you here. For product guidance, message me on Instagram or shoot me an email and I'll help you along your clean beauty journey. Problems. I hear so many people say like, oh yeah, you know, I can't eat gluten, but I just love a, a croissant, no? And that's definitely going to show up somewhere, no? Or I, I just can't give up alcohol and then boom, there's like, you know, a pimple somewhere. So the body is giving you yeah. signs all the time. Would you agree? Absolutely. I'm I'm thinking of my own triggers. I know them as well. I, I really very rarely ever drink alcohol anymore. But if I do, acne or dairy. I gave up dairy for like 10 years and started having that again recently. But I th- I, I think that dairy is is something that messes with my skin. And so it, you know, when you take a lot of inflammatory foods out, that's a great way to see if if you are sensitive and having those problems too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that happens to me as well. I don't have, I haven't had alcohol for about a year as well, but the last time I had it, I instantly like, yeah, my, my liver was like, you know, and I got drunk really, really quickly as well. So it's interesting when you start taking all these things and you introduce them like slightly. Yeah. It definitely shows up face no and I guess for for healthy skin as well it's important that you eat a diet that is compatible with your body type. So your unique dosha and your imbalances no. So that's the first one. And then toxins is another one that we look at. So 
For some of the most common causes of um, disorders of the skin, um, you know, inflammation, puffiness, acne, gray, lifeless kind of skin, we really need to look at the buildup of toxins circulating throughout the blood. No? Mm -hmm. So it's not so much what we're eating as well, but it's also what we're putting on our skin. No, there was, um, There's been some studies that, you know, um, a woman daily is exposed to like 168 toxins. Um, and then also they've done studies is where they've looked at the umbilical cords of, of newborns no? and they found something like 200 toxins already now so it's really difficult to live in you know a toxic free world because as soon as you step out you know they're even if you have a clean home or whatever so toxins are um you can't avoid them now but my job is really to help clients minimize those toxins and get them really aware of, of you know toxins found in food in their home products in their you know skincare products mm -hmm. so you that's the second one. And then the Agni, which in Ayurveda, we call the, the digestive fire. No? So the stronger the digestive system is, the healthier the skin is. No? The weaker the digestive system, the more toxins um, will be present in the blood. And uh, I guess more likely as well that you get skin conditions. No? This is why when in Ayurveda, when we look at skin health, we really look at digestion because um, digestion is actually um, the foundation of, of health. No? Um, so some common symptoms that we look at, you know, is bad breath, reflux, indigestion, gas and bloating, um, kind of discomfort in, in, the, in the stomach, um, you know, diarrhea, constipation or flip-flopping between both of them. Um, and changes in in the stool so those are the three markers in terms of um, skin and and health in Ayurveda are, are there specific places on the body that signal things like if there's acne above the eyebrows versus on the chin or a skin rash on the arm versus on the leg or you know those these different po points in the body are they correlating with specific organs or issues and uh, if so can you share like a few common ones that you see yeah, so it's super interesting because I've started to introduce uh, facial reflexology with my clients. So I don't know if you know, I think they call it face mapping as well. There's two different terms. Yeah. But essentially it works like reflexology on your foot, you know, when you go to a Chinese, traditional Chinese uh, practitioner, they, you know, they can be touching the soles of your feet and being like, oh, your liver is a bit off or this is happening. So very similar happens on the face. So um, like that point between your eyebrows, that um, third eye kind of thing, that's related to your liver, you know. And when people say, like, I've got bags under my eyes, sure, that can be genetics, but um, there's also you can look at your liver or your kidneys. So we look at the kidney health as well. No? And anything around the mouth is hormonal. Um, so if you're getting like constant um, acne around there, something that we work on is, you know, balancing your hormones. So, yeah, there's definitely certain parts of the face that are correlated with certain organs. Um, so once we do the the full body analysis, we also look at face mapping as well, which is super, super interesting. And I've started to incorporate um, a facial reflexology wand, you know, so to start massaging those particular parts of the face mm. and that massages and nourishes that particular organ. Mm, that's interesting. I've really in the past year have been getting into gua sha and like facial massages. Oh, there's this girl I follow on online. Her name is Anastasia, I believe. Do you, do you know who she is? Um, she, no, maybe if I saw her, yeah. I will have to send you her her information later. But um, 
oh my gosh, she has like, she like totally transformed her face by doing hand massages. And I follow her stuff. I've been doing the gua sha and I love it. And I do notice a difference. Like if you stop moving the lymphatic system and the blood through the face, I want to take a quick break to share a biohacking tool that will revolutionize your well-being. Cozy Red Light Therapy. Imagine being able to accelerate your body's natural healing processes, boost your energy, and rejuvenate your skin all through the power of light. Cozy Red Light Therapy brings this vision to life. Their cutting-edge technology harnesses the potency of red and near-infrared light to stimulate healing of wounds, scars, and acne, improve joint and musculoskeletal health, reduce inflammation, support your hormones, and enhance your overall vitality. Whether you're looking to amplify your fitness routine, enhance your skin's radiance, or simply recharge your energy levels, Cozy Red Light Therapy is your gateway to a brighter and healthier you. When I consistently use my red light machine from Cozy, I notice improvement in my muscle recovery post-workouts, more clear, healthy skin, and better sleep. The best part is that as a valued listener of the Natural Health Rising podcast, you get a 10% discount on all Cozy products. Just remember to use the code NATURALHEALTHRISING, that's all one word, NATURALHEALTHRISING, during checkout on their website, CozyHealth.com, spelled K-O-Z-E, health.com. Elevate your well-being and embrace the transformative benefits of light with Cozy Red Light Therapy. You're definitely going to have... Uh, more skin issues coming up if you're just leaving that stuff stagnant all the time. So I think it's mm-hmm. so fascinating that you can just massage and and use something that's free, your own hands or what did you call it? There's a wand that you use? Yeah, facial reflexology wand. It's just like okay. a pen thing. And at the end, it's just like a metal, like a stainless steel ball kind of thing. So okay. yeah, you're just like doing deep belly breaths and you're massaging particular parts of, of your face, no? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And can people just look that up online, like facial wand? Okay. Yeah. Facial reflexology. And so I do it at night and sometimes I just wake up with a wand like in my hand, like, cause I've had, and it's super relaxing as well. And no? because like they use it in babies as well, you know, just to, you know, help them sleep. And it definitely helps me sleep. And with a gua sha, I do it on my neck as well. And I've noticed like mobility on my neck has gotten so much better mm-hmm. and don't be freaked out if there's like redness on the neck as well that's just the blood kind of you know just moving around and you know resurfacing so yeah I had a client who's like look at my neck and I'm like look at my neck it's always red so really really amazing gua sha on the neck as well as well as on the face obviously not but if you're having neck issues or tension because we tend to be like quite tense you know and it's around the shoulders so yeah it's about relaxing and yeah the gua sha is amazing Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's, there's definitely something to the relaxation part of that too. Um, because we have so many nerves and our whole nervous system and the vagus nerve and everything that's connected. And, you know, when we're massaging anything on the neck and there's points on the ears that I love to teach people too. And mm-hmm. even the, there's some points here where you have the foramen in your, your skull, right. Where we have some nerves go through that are amazing places to, to massage and touch for relaxation for the parasympathetic nervous system. But then, you know, if you're doing some of these things you're talking about on the face, you're getting double benefits there for 
skin beautification as well as nervous system regulation. Yeah. And even for people who like clench their teeth at night, which is like they grind their teeth at night. I know sometimes I, when I'm feeling a little bit like anxious or ungrounded, mm -hmm. I wake up and, you know, that part of my jaw like hurts. No. So it's just getting the guasha out and, you know, evening it out and massaging that part. Yeah. It's great. Mm -hmm. Great for many things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned some, some common things that you see with people and some deficiencies with the liver and the kidneys. Are there specific supportive foods or even herbs or anything that you like to use for people with like a liver issue or a kidney issue? Yeah, I guess like one huge part of Ayurveda is the detoxification. So detoxification is absolutely key, no? Um, and I get some people who say to me, yeah, I've done a parasite cleanse. And I'm like, okay, but are you like regular bowel movement? Are you sweating? Are you peeing? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I just did it. So quite often we we love to do these kind of cleanses. And, you know, so the idea is to have all these kind of pathways open in general, no? So then the detoxification process begins, no? So in Ayurveda, we're kind of a little bit obsessed with, with bowel movements every day, no? Once a day minimum. Mm -hmm. So if you are not having a regular bowel movement, this is a problem, no? And this is one of the things that frustrates me because when you go to the doctor, they tell you like, oh, I haven't like had a bowel movement in three or four days. Oh, that's normal. That's fine. No, it happens. And as you and I know, like that blows our mind because then you ask the client, like, are you eating every day? They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm having like three meals and snacks. And I'm like, where do you think all that food is kind of going, no? So the detox detoxification process in Ayurveda is actually, you know, really key, you know, because it's, you know, it's kind of the toxins, the hormones and the waste are all kind of need to go out somewhere, no? So need to get rid of, the body needs to get rid of it, no? So all those toxins, the hormones, the waste gets kind of reabsorbed back into your body and then it goes into your bloodstream, then it goes into your liver and then you're dealing with an even bigger issue, which is inflammation, no? All because you haven't kind of had a bowel movement, no? So that's when the liver becomes kind of overloaded um, and um, it's not until it appears on our face that we're like, oh, I need to do something about it, no? Because when it's happening internally, you're like, oh, no, it, it's kind of um, normal, no? But in Ayurveda, we have this particular herb called trifola mm. which is really great so you take that at night and it actually helps you detox your body throughout the night and then helps you um you know release uh, toxins and have a bowel movement in the day so in terms of liver health yeah that's that's definitely where we begin with a detox process oh, that's interesting i've not heard of that before mm. um there's a lot of other detox tools, like, um, even, you know, oil pulling and dry brushing and tongue scraping and self-massage, all of these really cool Ayurvedic practices. Are there any of yours that are some favorites or places that a, a couple places that you recommend people start with usually? Yeah, I think Ayurveda can be a little bit overwhelming because there's just so much going on. No. So we, when I work with my clients, I get them to do like one week of just scraping your tongue. That's all I want you to do. No. And then next week, I want you to scrape your tongue and oil pull. No. Mm -hmm. And so forth. So by the week, week five, they've kind of got a really solid morning routine. And in Ayurveda, digestion actually begins in the mouth. So once you have good oral health, that is like a great starting point. So we love tongue scraping. Um, and it's just like kind of a U-shaped device where you just place over your tongue and you're scraping. So you're getting all the toxins that have come, you know, from the stomach. 
Um, because if you don't actually tongue scrape, the, the toxins are just kind of <laughs> coming up and down throughout the body, you know, most days. And then with the oil pulling, oil pulling is amazing because, um, it you know, it, it gives you like good bacteria. So when you do like um, a mouthwash with this blue liquid, I don't want to mention the name, you know, you're actually pulling the, the good and the bad bacteria out of your mouth. Whereas oil pulling, you're still keeping the good, the good bacteria. So we kind of need, because the mouth has its own ecosystem happening. No? Um, and also what I recommend is just warm water. It's amazing. Like how um, like incredible warm water is. It's so simple. You know, your body has been dehydrated all night um, and it's, good kind of way to start the day you know some people do it with lemon some put in like turmeric and ginger so it just depends but my advice is beginning um your morning with warm water rather than you know reaching out for a cold smoothie or a coffee or anything like that which you know it's cold it's drying mm -hmm. yeah and it slows down the digestive system with that um i can imagine i'm so curious what is your morning routine like <laughs> I know this so, might not be for everybody, but I've got to know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have children. So in that way, like, you know, I'm, I'm able to have more flexibility and more freedom. So pretty much I wake up. First thing I do, I do deep belly breaths. Um, I might do a meditation, um, but definitely scraping my tongue. I um, brush my teeth. I oil pull. I drink my warm water. Um, so I'm stretching. I'm moving the body. I think movement is is really key. No? We live in a very stagnant world where we're just like waking up. We rush out the door. We're sitting down for eight hours and then we're on the bus and then we're coming back and then we're having dinner. So it's a very stagnant. So for me, it's just like moving my body, whether I'm going for a walk, whether I'm doing some putting on some music and moving hip rolling I don't know shaking shamanic shaking has been such a great practice mm. for me so um and even like brushing the body you know and giving it to to Pachamama so when I'm feeling a little bit stagnant or anything um and then I have a, a really um great breakfast I know some people say that I wake up and I'm not hungry but for me um I wake up and I have stewed apples like I have stewed apples maybe four or five times a, a week so it's just a really simple recipe of, um, you know, apples with a bit of water, some spices. So that gets my digestive system going, no? some ginger, mm. some cinnamon, so that's like my pre-breakfast. No? And then I might go and have some, I don't know, like a quinoa porridge with milk and I might put some hemp seeds or anything like that. So that's like how I start my morning pretty much. And then I'm ready to go for the rest of the day. Stewed apples. I feel like I've seen this somewhere else. This is an Ayurvedic practice. Yeah. Definitely. And is this something that everybody should try or is this like specific doshas, imbalances or everybody no. stewed apples? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stewed apples is recommended across um, all doshas because it, as I mentioned, it gets the digestive system going. It's really nourishing. Even for those people who say, oh, I'm, I don't wake up and I'm, I'm not hungry. Even just like one apple, like a bit of water and some spices. We love spices in Ayurveda for obviously mm -hmm. for so many reasons now, but just to get the digestive system waking up. Because think about it, the digestive system has been sleeping all night. No? It hasn't been doing much apart from the, the detox, resting, rest and digest kind of mode. No, So you don't want to wake up and have like, a, I don't know, a cold smoothie no? because in Ayurveda, the, the digestive system is a fire. No? So at night, it's just been kind of gently 
And your digestive system is actually the weakest in the morning. No? So you don't want to dump like a whole lot of stuff to, that is too heavy or too cold in the morning. So stewed apples is definitely um, a really great way to start your day. Mm, okay. You mentioned uh, Pacha Karma earlier. Am I saying that mm-hmm. right? Okay. Panchakarma, yeah. Should everybody do this? And if so, how often? Can you explain kind of what that looks like a little bit more? I know this is this is going to involve really like going somewhere and, and doing a full practice, right? Yeah. So you can actually do like a mini panchakarma in your home um, with the guidance of a practitioner as well. So we have something that we love in Ayurveda, which is kitri, which is kind of like um, resets your digestive system. No, Because if you think about it, you wake up, you have breakfast and you're snacking, then you're having lunch and then you're snacking and then dinner. And um, so this, you can imagine the digestive system is constantly working throughout the day, no? Mm-hmm. So um, one way we love to kind of just rest the digestive system is by having kitri, you know, three times a day with minimal snacking in between. So um, this is just consists of uh, rice, among beans, spices, no? In accordance to your um, imbalance. Um, and then we start incorporating. So we do that maybe for three to five days to begin with when you take a client through it. And then we start incorporating other food you know, back into, into your diet. Um, and then you can do some dry body brushing. You can do some oil pulling. You can really take three or five days just to you know relax. So you can do this um, at home you know, with, I can give you some you know herbals, um, some supplements as well. But ideally, you want to go to a center as well. Like I mentioned, you know, they take your phone mm-hmm. away. They do enemas. Um, so in, in Ayurveda, we don't just do enemas with water. Um, you know, I know some practices do it with like coffee and whatever else. That's very drying for the body. So when you go to these particular places, they are doing it with herbs. So a lot of ghee. Ghee is put everywhere, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, which is super interesting, no? Um, and they're doing massages. So Ayurvedic massages aren't like your regular massages. It's more like sweeping, no? So once you are having the food, which is, you know, detoxifying the, the enemas, the oils, again, then you're kind of having these body treatments as well, no? Um, and they do practices like Shiradara as well, where they're putting the oil on the forehead, um, which is super relaxing, no? Kind of, you know, helping you come into your parasails kind of really a relaxing state um and so this is done obviously by a professional um and there are different panchakarma centers throughout i think there's several great ones in in the states no um but i went and did mine in in india which was amazing mm-hmm. i think yeah. there's there's one in costa rica that i want to go to yeah, there's I, a few in bali. A bali yeah mm-hmm you just reminded me when you said ghee, isn't there some Ayurvedic practice where you put ghee in your nose? What is that for? Do you know about that? Yeah. So every they do ghee for like literally everything. No, So they okay. have a nasia practice as well. No, So if you're having any um, respiratory issues as well, they put that on there. Mm-hmm. They've got belly button as well so that's really good to detox the body um yeah they then they have these dough kind of um things as well where they place it on your eyes or anywhere in the body where they feel like you might need to and then they just pour like warm ghee into it so it's like a pool of ghee on, on your <laughs> and that's actually really good for people who have really dry eye issues you no know, they did that to me um and i realized that my body overall was dry you know and he asked me like what are your eyes like and i'm like oh it's really sometimes difficult to to 
to blink, no, because my eyes are literally dry. And then they did that mask over my eyes. And yeah, my, and every now and then when I feel like my dry, my eyes are a little bit dry, I put on some ghee on the inside of my eyes. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about temperature with water, for example, and smoothies and things like that. But what about the, um, the aliveness and the quality of food. So raw versus cooked food, is there a superior one in your opinion? Uh, and does it matter maybe on someone's dosha as well? Yeah, it is dependent on the dosha. I think out of the three doshas, the one that can handle raw foods and not raw food all the time is probably the pitta dosha because their, their um, digestive system is a little bit stronger than the other two. But Across the board, Ayurveda really recommends cooking your food, you know, and I've had clients who um, were raw vegan, you know, and I think at the beginning you feel really good, you know, you feel like amazing, you know, but when you look at what it does to your digestive system, a lot of the time, um, you know, it causes gas, constipation, you know, bloating of the stomach, no? Because even though there is a lot of aliveness in the food, we always look at how the digestive system digests that particular food, no? So as I mentioned, pita is the one that could probably benefit from that. But what we really want to aim is for warm, nourishing foods, which is what the digestive system is able to digest process and assimilate better than than raw foods no but this is a huge huge debate um but yeah so there was a while when my digestive system was so weak um but i really loved having green salads because that's how it's sold to you know as healthy yeah no? um but it's like i looked pregnant all the time i was eating healthy you know um and it wasn't until i started having warm nourishing foods you no know, like curries um and risottos and all of that kind of stuff that i realized that my my digestive issues um minimized you no know? even when i was doing the detox program in 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 india you no know, everything was cooked and then he started to incorporate a little bit of raw food you no know? and then that seemed to be quite fine and he said to me like once your digestive system is strong enough you can have the raw food and not feel gas bloating constipation you no know? So, yeah, I, in, in Ayurveda, we love cooked and um, easy to digest food more than anything else. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm, I believe in the same principle, like cook your, obviously you don't want to burn your food or yeah. like overcook your food in any kind of way, but um, so much easier on the digestive system. And then, like you said, if once things start healing, okay, maybe you have a salad every once in a while, or you have some, some raw things if you can handle them. Yeah, definitely. And even steaming, no, like we, we kind of overlook steaming. So I don't know if you're making a soup or something, you know, you just put like, you know, steamed veggies on top and yeah, I don't know. That's, that's really amazing. And spices, no, love spices. So yeah. But also another thing in Ayurveda is we don't like to mix cooked and raw foods in the same dish, no. So quite a lot of the time you might have, I don't know, like a um, rice potatoes and you know protein and then you might have a raw salad no so the digestive system actually doesn't know what to do first and this is sometimes when we get um, a lot of digestive issues no so if you want to do it that way you know have your raw food at the beginning and then maybe 30 minutes later have your cooked food but never on in the same dish I see okay uh, the Ayurvedic diet also has six different tastes 
right? To have balance. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about those six tastes and, and why those are important to incorporate into the diet? Yeah, I think in the Western diet, you know, we're so focused on the sweet and the salty, you know, very much heavily rely around those. Every now and then we might have like a bitter or a sour, no? Um, But in Ayurveda, we have this uh, notion that to create balance, we must have all six uh, tastes in each meal, no? And some people, and I myself, struggle for my breakfast to have the six tastes, no? Um, But definitely my lunch and and my dinner do incorporate the six tastes, no? And this is to create balance. And when you have the six tastes, you actually feel satiated. So you don't have your meal and then feel like, oh, go for like a, I don't know, a chocolate mousse after that. That just means that the sweet taste, you know, you haven't had that as well. And that's why you're craving it, no? So then you begin snacking. So in Ayurveda, we want to kind of avoid snacking. We want to have a decent breakfast, a decent lunch and decent dinner, no? So there's no snacking in between. And then once we we, we stabilize, like establish why we're having, you know, snacking, sometimes it's out of boredom, sometimes it's anxiety. So yeah, three, like three great meals throughout the day is actually really great for the digestive system um, and incorporating the six taste is also very very useful in Ayurveda and it's easily achievable and also once you start to get to know about the elements of each meal not each food sorry then you start to realize like wow I've just incorporated like five five tastes and I didn't even know about it no so it's super interesting that is and and just so everybody knows I don't remember if you said it they're sweet salty sour bitter astringent and pungent Right. Right. Okay. So I'm actually at a loss here. Can you give an example of a meal or some food, maybe a meal that's balanced or uh, a food that would be in each of those categories that you could put together to to hit those? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for example, um, let's look at a potato, a sweet potato curry, no? Sweet Mm. potato is sweet obviously no then you might have some pungent so some pepper some garlic um then you might put in turmeric as well so yeah every kind of food and then you might put some spinach as well and you might add some mung beans so mung beans um and you know when food is um when you put it in your mouth and it has that little like it absorbs the it kind of makes your mouth a little bit dry. So legumes, beans, anything like that, no? So, um, and then you might put in some leek as well, no? Um, and then, yeah, so that's your 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 six tastes there, no? And then you might, eat, we love squeezing a bit of lime or lemon on top of, of the curries as well. So you've got your six tastes there. Okay. So which would be, a, what would be astringent? Astringent would be the mung beans or any legumes or anything okay. because it's dry. Okay. So, and that's also uh, really helpful in the in the digestive process as well because it's pulling toxins from the digestive system and eliminating them from the body as well. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. fascinating. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look more into this and attempt to to make some some Ayurvedic balanced meals. <clears throat> yeah, some of them are obvious, you no, know, like salty is obviously salt, but you know, then have like sesame seeds no so sesame seeds has that um you know that salty aftertaste as well no so you can sprinkle some you know um, sesame seeds on top of that as well um yeah the ones that i think people uh, struggle with is the pungent and the astringent but if you think of astringent just as pulling you know it being kind of dryness in the mouth and the pungent which is spiciness so the pepper cayenne pepper ginger you know cumin mm-hmm mm-hmm Amazing. Um, 
I think I would love to tie up our our conversation now with a speed round, but are there any final things that you feel like we missed about Ayurvedic practices that you really want to share? No, I think like the biggest like tip I can have, like I can give your audience is just find out what your dosha is and then eat a diet according to that. No. So if you're experiencing inflammation in the body, it's about cooling the body down no? and knowing which, which foods are going to cool the system down. No? So yeah, working and eating according with, with your unique dosha and imbalance. Okay. And how could they, what's an easy way for them to do that? Is there, are there quizzes online? Is there a way that they could analyze their dosha? Do they need to go book an appointment with you? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, a good starting point would be um, doing a dosha quiz online. I think the the Chopra Center one is very, very good. But if you want like a full on sitting down for 40 minutes, um, joyfulbelly.com is a great, they have a great dosha quiz. Um, but alternatively, you know, you can go to a practitioner um, like myself or find one online as well. So they will, and they, so <laughs> when you go to the doctor, it's like, I don't know if they've established like eight minutes max now, but when you go to like an, uh, like an Ayurvedic practitioner, it's like 60 to 90 minutes now, because not only do they discover your dosha, but they discover like every aspect of your life, because it's not just about digesting food. It's also about processing emotions now, because you can have the most amazing diet from maca from Peru, some mm -hmm. herbal supplement from, I don't know, somewhere exotic, like, you know, China or whatever. But if you haven't digested the emotions or events in your life, then, you know, digestion becomes a little bit difficult as well. No? So it's not just looking at digestion from what you're putting in your mouth, but the news that you are reading, you know, the, the events happening, you know, how you're digesting emotions, how you're digesting, you know, just all sorts of things as well. No? So, yeah, so digestion isn't just what you put in your mouth. I 100% agree. Um, okay. Are you ready to do a speed round? Yeah, sure. Good. <laughs> It'll be quick and fun and just answer the first thing that comes yeah. to your mind. Okay. What is your favorite thing to do for stress reduction? Deep belly breaths. We take breathing for granted. Mm -hmm. For sure. What are one or two impactful books that you've read? Oh, when I was doing my Panchakarma in India, um, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life, just uh, basically landed on my lap. No, so we mm -hmm. went, we had this beautiful library, and um, yeah, somebody had just put it, put the book back. I happened to walk past it, but she hadn't put it far enough, and the book just kind of fell. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give this one a go. No. So that book, I think, is amazing. And then um, Deepak Chopra's book on abundance. I think that is a, a beautiful book. So, yeah, those are okay. the two books. Oh, I haven't read either of those, and they both sound totally up my alley. So I'm going to put those on my reading list. Mm -hmm. um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Probably to fly. Um, so I did a big trek uh, a couple of months back in this a beautiful like 5,000 meters above sea level and this like this condor just appeared out of nowhere and if anybody is familiar with the condor they have massive wings I don't know how meters how far meters but it was just majestic and I was like wow imagine being like able to fly so for me it would be flying okay if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Colombia. 
Oh, why Colombia? Um, I just uh, like the uh, I miss the beach pretty much. Like Sydney, when you grow up in Sydney, like beaches are everywhere, and I love I love the Latin vibes of Colombia. I think it has a beautiful jungle, and just my friends that have come back from Colombia, like you're gonna love it. So, yeah, Colombia one, Mexico two. Okay, so not Medellin, Colombia, but um, somewhere on the beach in Colombia. Yeah, like Santa Marta. Yeah, along okay. The Caribbean. Okay, very cool. Um, you kind of already gave this this one away, so I don't know if you want to add a different one. But if you could leave the listeners with one tip for them to implement this week to help them live a healthier, happier life, what would that be? Learn to hack your sleep. There is so much goodness happening in sleep, like the detox, the rejuvenation, the relaxing, getting your body ready that we take it for granted. No? And we have sayings in the English language like, oh, I'll sleep when I die. No? Like, and people like take it for granted, but there is just so much goodness happening in there that it like blows my mind that, um, you know, people don't have like a good, you know, you know, evening hygiene, evening routine or anything like that. No? But sleeping actually begins at the beginning of your day, no? So most people think like, oh, sleeping just kind of begins at the end, you know, um, yeah. but actually it begins right at the start. So you're having a good solid morning routine. You're having good meals throughout the day, exercise it, moving the body, that kind of sets you up for the day, no? So sleeping doesn't begin half an hour before you actually go to bed, right at the beginning. Yes, that is, I love the way you said that sleep starts at the beginning of the day so so yeah. important um i'm i'm gonna be speaking on a cruise in two weeks for a whole 25 minute presentation about sleep only and that wasn't eat like i i this is my first time doing a big presentation like this and i had prepared all my points and all these things and i looked at my slides i had like 200 slides about sleep <laughs> i'm not joking and it was like it. It was like an hour presentation and that the whole, the, the past few weeks, every day I've been taking the slides and trying to figure out, okay, what's, what can I take away here? Because there's actually so much to do. There's so many things that can really impact your sleep and optimize your sleep. Um, and that, that is because it's your whole day. It's, it starts from the beginning, like you said. Yeah. So I and love I that. actually have a saying that sleep is actually more important than exercise and nutrition combined. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Have you read the book, um, Sleep Smarter? No, but I've listened to on Audible, Why We Sleep by Dr. Uh, Walker. He's mm -hmm. done a lot mm -hmm. of research on, on sleep. And yeah. what was, what was the one that you said? Well, we can put this in the show. Um, sleep Smarter, Sean, I can't remember his surname, but he's amazing as well. Yeah. So he's got another book called Eat Smarter, but Sleep Smarter, I think will be, it will resonate with you quite a lot. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Can you share quickly um, any other final things you want to say and where people can reach out to you, learn more about you? Um, yeah. So I am a little bit more active on Facebook than I am on Instagram. So come and friend request me. I love to geek out in all this kind of stuff. I have a private Facebook group called Ayurveda for Professional Women, where I talk about nutrition and everything related to Ayurveda on how to achieve glowing skin, because that's kind of my jam. So come on to my group. Um, I'm, I love hanging out there. Um, and yeah, Amaira Morales on Facebook. 
Okay. Wonderful. We will put that in the show notes and uh, I'll put like the dosha quiz and some of the other things that we talked about as well for people. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Rachel. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I hope you found this episode informative and left you feeling empowered to take control of your health naturally. As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness or medical condition. Please consult with a qualified healthcare professional for making any changes to your diet, exercise routine, supplements, or medical treatment. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Comments and ratings help the show reach more people so that they too can level up their health and entire life holistically. I really appreciate your support and feedback. Before I go, I want to remind you that I work with clients virtually all over the world. So if you are searching for a functional medicine provider to help you uncover the root cause of your health issues and have support and guidance in healing your body through nutrition and lifestyle changes, then you can book a free health consultation with me by using the link in the show notes and we can talk about working together. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.